is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with, is that really in the Bible? Jesus said in Mark 3 and verse 25, and if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. You know, I was looking at Abraham's Lincoln speech, why it was so important, because he also made this reference, quoting from the Bible, about a house divided cannot stand. This was during the Civil War. It was at a time when many white politicians wanted to compromise on slavery. And of course, Abraham Lincoln said that, was, that compromise was simply not possible. Now, I see history repeating itself. And those that don't learn the lesson of history are bound to repeat them. I see today a house that is divided, and I'm talking about America. There are two sides that people seem to be on. Number one, the first side, the right side, the right side of the fence to be on is to push against socialism. A minister uh, friend said that he referred to this push against socialism as the new spiritual civil war. And I think he was right about that. The other side that people are on is the rise of the beast power or what we call the coming global socialism, which will be the rise of the beast power spoken in, of, in Revelation. In fact, Pope Francis is for global socialism. The UN is for global socialism. This one world order, it will be the beast power spoken of in the book of Revelation. Global socialism. In fact, Francis recently called for global wealth redistribution. Yeah, let's spread everybody. Let's make you pay, give money to the bum that don't want to work. The Democratic Party is also for global socialism. So I got to thinking about, okay, what is socialism? And so I got on the internet looking up, and I looked up socialism for kids. I thought, well, surely I can understand this one. This ought to be a simplistic way of approaching it. So here's what it said. A little short little video. It said, and I'll put these words up there for you. It said, imagine living in a country where everyone was taken care of. No homeless people, no starving children, no extravagant rich people, and no seriously poor people. This is the guiding idea behind socialism. Socialism assumes everyone is willing to share their resources and wealth with others. You know, and it's, it, it's presented, as I looked at this and I studied it, it, it's presented as such a moral issue. Yes, we've got to take care of all the starving children, the bums on the street that won't work. We've got to take, we've got to house and feed them and all that. You know, it's presented as a moral issue. 
Now, a lot of people ignorantly believe that socialism is found in the Word of God. Let's take a look at where they screw up at. Acts 2 and verse 43. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them out to all men as every man had need. Now, what ignorant people overlook when they read this verse is that this was not enforced. They did this freely. They freely chose to do, the, to do this. This was not the government enforcing socialism on everybody. Uh, not at all. Now, look, if you want to live the socialist life, there's nothing stopping you. I mean, just go up to the average homeless person, start reaching your billfold, start peeling off $100 bills and say, here, go get yourself cleaned up. Go get an education. Get online. Study how to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, or whatever you know. And, and, and then offer the help that he can do to get to go find a wife. Go, go, you know, go to church. Start peeling off the $100 bills and offer to help this guy get back on his feet again. Now, if you think six months later you're going to come back and this guy has gotten himself cleaned up and he's, he's back a functional person in society, if you believe that, I got some swamp land in the Mojave Desert I'll sell you real cheap. You are living a fool's lie if you believe that that's going to happen. Now, why would I say that? Why, why would I say that there are some people you just cannot help? I'll tell you why. All men are created equally, but all men do not use their gifts and talents equally. Now, surely we know this. Surely we know this from experience, but maybe there are some people who don't. You know, you have the parable of the talent. Jesus gives you know, one guy one talent, one guy five, one guy ten. And he said, occupy till I come back. Get yourself out there. Get off your butts. Do something with that money I've just given you. You know, and most, uh, a couple guys doubled his talent. He took five and made it ten. Uh, well, he took ten made it twenty or whatever. They doubled their talent. But the one guy was afraid and he was lazy. And he hid his money in the ground and did nothing. He was a lazy louch. He was a bum. He didn't want to do anything with the talent he had been given. And, you know, talent, we can talk about money or we can just talk about your personal talent that you have. What are you doing with your talent? Are you multiplying it? Are you serving other people with your talent? You see, the futility of socialism as a business, part, part owner of a business, I understand the futility of socialism. You know, the reason a lot of young people don't understand the meaning behind socialism is because they've never owned their own business. Hey, they might not even own a permit. They may not own a car. They may be 30 years old still living in their parents' basement. That's the reason they don't understand the futility of socialism. But as a person who is part owner of a business, I understand how many people you got to go through before you get one hard worker? How many people you got to go through before you weed out the dysfunctional people, the people that, that bring all their problems to work? You know, well, I got, I got five DUIs. I got thrown in jail last night. I beat up my wife last night. You know, uh, my, 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 my wife, my, my girlfriend got knocked up. And, and, and we're, you know, all the dysfunctional, that I don't, uh, dysfunctional life that I don't care about and don't want to hear about, they bring it to work. And so how many people you got to go through before you get a functional person? How many people you got to go through before you get an honest man? 
How many people you got to go through and hire before you get a clean person, physically clean, something as simple as physically clean. You know, half the people don't know how to take a bath or something, or don't know how to wear deodorant or something like that. You know, it's, it's unreal. So what I understand as part owner of a business is that all men are created equally, but not all men use their gifts and talents equally. And this is what I call the futility of socialism. Socialism, socialism overlooks the fact that the world is full of stupid people. Now, I'll use myself as an example a long time ago. I used to be stupid. Did you know that? I really did. I had a, my first car was a Stingray Corvette, 1970 model. Back then, Chevrolet couldn't build a gas gauge. I mean, in one minute, it's full. The next minute, it's empty. And uh, I ran out of gas. And so I walked to the store. They didn't have a plastic jug. I got a half-gallon mason jar of gas. And I'm walking down the road with my half-gallon mason jar of gasoline. And I'm thinking, I look like an idiot. You know, people riding by thinking, man, he can afford a Corvette, but he can't afford to put a half-gallon of gas in it. Uh, and I, I said to myself, I, self, I will never, because I was so embarrassed, okay, I said, I will never do that again. Do you know I haven't ran out of gas since then on any vehicle? I haven't ran out of gas on my lawnmower, for pity's sake. You know, uh, I just, I, I just, it was so embarrassing that I said, it was so stupid to have that Corvette and run out of fuel and walking down the road with my, my, my half-gallon mason jar of gas. I said, I'll never, ever do that again. Socialism overlooks the fact that there are stupid people in the world. Socialism overlooks the fact that the world is full of lazy people. Lazy people. I'm working my rear end off and you're not doing any, anything at all and we're equal? What kind of asinine logic is that? We're equal? No, we're not equal. Socialism overlooks the fact that people who choose to make better choices get better results. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Yes, I'm going to set thee on high above all the other nations. And it continues on, Deuteronomy 28, verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. The better choices you make, the better your life will be. If you serve God Almighty, your life will be better than if you don't serve Him. It'll be a lot better. Socialism assumes everyone is willing to share their resources and wealth with others. Now, here's the thing. Rich people do share their resources with others. It's just that you don't know it or you're too dumb to know it. But yeah, wealthy people share their wealth. At least most of them do. Now, if you've never had a job, if you've never owned a business, if you're still living in your father's basement, if you don't realize all men are created equally, but not all men use their gifts and talents equally, if you've made bad choices all your life, if you're a lazy person, then, then what do you have to share with anybody? You don't have anything to share with people. If that describes you, 
Again, imagine living in a country where everyone was taken care of. No homeless people, no starving children, no extravagantly rich people, and no seriously poor people. All right, let's talk about starving children. First of all, let's look at America. How many starving children do we have in America? Most of them are 100 pounds overweight. I mean, I was just kidding. But, but you know, the fat little chunky boys and girls you see all around you eating McDonald's hamburgers and, and apple pie and all that stuff. I mean, starving children? Where, where are the starving children? Uh, uh, but let me ask you this question. What's keeping you from helping them? Does your government have to tell you when to go out and use the bathroom? If you want to help starving children, help starving children. Now, if you don't have a job and you're still living in your father's basement and you're 35 years old, chances are, and you don't have a driver's license and you don't have a permit, chances are you're not going to be able to help starving children. But I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I've been doing this since I was 20 years old. Helping starving children. I really have. They're not, they're not in America. They're over in other countries where I help starving children. But I've been doing this since I was 20. Ah, no extravagantly rich people. You know, I got to thinking. If you drove by my home, maybe at night, saw it all lit up at night, you would probably say, That's, that person's a rich person. But if you understood the work the discipline, the hours that go into making a property look nice. You wouldn't want any part of it, I guarantee you that. I about killed myself making that place look nice. I love it, it's what I like to do. I'm just saying that's the way it works, okay? Now, understand that people that are rich surround themselves with good people. You have to. You, I mean, you, you, you surround. If you want to get rich, you've got to surround yourself with good people. You don't surround yourself with bums. You don't surround yourself with lazy people. You don't surround yourself that, with people that are always putting you down. You've got to surround yourself with good people if you ever expect to be rich. You don't surround yourself with lazy people. You don't surround yourself with people that don't, don't want to work. You eliminate those people. You get them out. You fire them. You're fired. That's what you do. That's how you get rich, surrounding yourself with good, hardworking people. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 19. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Let me ask you a question. Why do you despise the rich man? Why? Why are there people in America that despise people who are wealthy? If you knew what it took to get rich, you would honor that man, not hate him. I guarantee you that. If he were to take you out and say, let me show you what it took to get rich. You would have a whole, you'd be educated. You wouldn't be living in your ignorance. Okay, now, back to the parable of the talents. The one he gave one, another one five, another one ten. They went out and multiplied the, their talents, except the one. He went and hid his money in the ground, and Jesus comes back and says, you lazy louch of a man, you know, you, you should at least put it in the bank and let it draw some interest. But here's the thing, the more talents you multiply, 
the larger your business becomes, the more people you can hire. Think about that. I mean, we better be grateful that there are wealthy people in the world who own businesses and can hire people. If it wasn't for the wealthy people, you wouldn't have a job is what I'm saying. The reason you have a job is because someone is smarter than you. Do you realize that? Or do you even have the sense to figure that one out? I knew it a long time ago. I used to work at a knitting mill. I worked there three months and I said, I'm out of here. I can't make any money. But anyway, three months at sales knitting in Martinsville. And I, I went there and I was amazed. At the, I worked in the folding department and I, I pushed my little cart all over that factory, you know, down to the dye house, up here in the sewing department, the folding department, this department, and I, all the sewing machines and the, the women at sitting there and doing this, doing that, and, and, and the dyeing process and, and all the equipment. And I, I looked at it. It was a huge place, huge. And I looked at it and I thought, man, Someone was brilliant for figuring this stuff out. I mean, absolutely. I mean, they had an incredible mind, and, and they, they probably gave half of Martinsville a job, sales knitting, that is. Uh, but anyway, it, it's just the reason you have a job is because someone is smarter than you. Okay, all men are created equal, but not all men use their gifts and talents equally. This is the futility of socialism. This is why socialism doesn't work, because they don't realize this statement that, yes, all men and men have been created equally, but you're free to use your gifts and you're free to be lazy. You're free to sit around on your butt all day and do nothing. Not all men use their gifts and talents equally. Anyway, imagine. Okay, let's go back to this little quote. Imagine. This is socialism. Imagine living in a country where everyone has ta is taken care of. No homeless people, no starving children, no extravagantly rich people, and no seriously poor people. Now let's talk about what the Bible says about helping the poor. Okay, helping. The, maybe you have a desire to help the poor. Let's take a look at what the Bible says at Levit Leviticus 19 and verse 9. And when you reap the harvest of your land, talking about rich people here, you shall not wholly reap the, the corners of your, your field, neither shall you gather the gleanings of thy harvest. Gleanings of thy harvest. You shall not glean the vineyards, neither shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and strangers. I am the Lord your God. So how, do you, how, do, how did the Bible say you help the poor? You help the poor by giving them work they can do. You didn't harvest the four corners of your land. You left that for the poor. And the poor had to go out there and gather the wheat, gather whatever it was, the grapes or whatever, and had to do something with it, either feed themselves or, you know, can it, uh, do whatever, and, and, and sell it and make money. So you help the poor by giving them work they can do. This is how you help the poor. It doesn't say you take them to a soup kitchen and say, hey, now, now let me open this. Let me open your mouth. Let me feed it to you, boy. There you open up, open up. It doesn't say that. You give them work they can do. That's how you help the poor. Now, if you give them a job and they don't want to do it, then what? Well, next step is 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10. 
For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any man, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. I mean, Paul is dealing with people that didn't want to work back then, and we have the same problem today. And he says, look, if a man won't work, neither should, should he eat. If he gets hungry enough, he will be motivated to work. The problem is we're not using the Bible as our God is the, is the problem. What we are faced with today in the, today's political arena is the issue of right and wrong. And few people even recognize it. So might this explain why there's so much ignorance when it comes to political views? I mean, it's like you support that knowing what your party stands for. You support the murder of unborn potential children. All right. You support global socialism knowing from experience that not all men are created equally and that neither do they use equally use their, 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 use their talents equally. That we are free to make good choices and bad choices. And you know this from experience and yet you support global socialism. And you want to treat the people who make all the bad, stupid decisions the same as the ones who make the good choices. Doesn't make any sense. You support a party that is for taking your liberties away, like the right to bear arms. You support a party that, that supports that. You know, after the Japanese decimated our fleet in Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941, they could have sent their troops and ships and carriers directly to California to finish what they had started. Uh, the prediction from our chief of staff was that we would not have been able to stop a massive invasion until they reached the Mississippi River. Had the Japanese decided to go inland to America, on, on, on America's soil, we could not have stopped them until they got to the Mississippi River. Because you have to remember that we had a two million man army and warships all fighting the Germans back then. So why did the Japanese not invade? Well, after the war was over, uh, the remaining generals were asked that question. And their answer was this, get this, they, they knew that almost every home had a gun and America's, Americans knew how to use them. Yeah, that was the reason they didn't invade. The world's largest army, American hunters, God bless you. Now, I want to go back to the Civil War here. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among them is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, this was, these words were spoken by Lincoln at a time when nearly half of the country owned slaves. Now think about this. All men are created equal? Well, if you were an African-American, you wouldn't treat it equally. I mean, it's hard to be happy when you're a slave. As Lincoln mentioned, that he was riding down the road one time, he saw a bunch of slaves shackled together with their hands and feet in chains. He referred to them as so many fish on a line. He knew it wasn't right. And the hypocrisy of our nation back then. You know, Lincoln believed the Civil War was God's judgment on America for slavery. Yes, he really did. Lincoln viewed slavery as a moral, social, and political evil. And, but yet, there was a, what I call a lying deception that nearly half the country 
the people that owned slaves did not view slavery as a moral, social, and political evil. They did not view the war as a fight to set men free from slavery. They viewed the Civil War, those that owned slaves, viewed it more as states' rights, their right to a lifestyle that they didn't want to give up. I mean, after all, if you're sitting on a plantation drinking an ice-cold glass of tea with lemon, smoking your pipe, and you got free labor, that's a lifestyle right there. So I'm just saying, the people that owned slaves did not view it as, as slavery as a moral, social, and political evil. And yet, we look back at that time, and, they, and I say, how could they not have seen this? A house divided cannot stand. Back then, it was brother against brother. Half the nation was living in ignorance. But there was only one right side of the fence to be on. Slavery was evil. It was wrong. And today, we have a house divided. The push against socialism, which is the side that I'm on, the push against socialism. And then you have the other side who is for this global socialism. And I'm telling you, history has a way of repeating itself. It really does. And I think it's sad. I think it's sad that people, either they are asleep and they're not looking at it in the right way. They're not awake. They've been drifted off into a stupor, not realizing the stakes is what we're faced with. We're on the verge of giving up our freedom for socialism. And I hope this has explained the futility of socialism. And if you don't understand the things that I've told you today, you're living in ignorance. You're living in ignorance. Anyway, just remember, history has a way of repeating itself. And a house divided against itself cannot stand. We have to get on the right side of the fence. We really do. And I'm asking you to push against this driven force that is out there trying to sell a nation that was based on freedom for socialism. Fight against it with all your might. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia. 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 
Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.